Brunch edition. Tasty, tasty. D to the E to the L I C I O U S T to the A to the S T E Y dread. You tasty. Um Hi, I'm Jacob, and that's my name. And this is my voice. Hello. My name is Christine, and this is my voice. I'm Marissa. Fob is the name that is my name. Hello. You would never Hi. know that we have just finished a season of our podcast. We <laughs> no a multi award winning season. That's right! Yeah. Hell yeah! Holy cow! Thank you so much to the Miami and Minnesota Web Fest. Holy shit! Yeah. That still doesn't feel real. Anyway, brunch is just our wrap up of the season. We're going to welcome you in, offer you a mimosa, and some answers to questions. First question: Should we have called this mega breakfast? <laughs> It's not too late to change the name, I feel like. I think no, it it's is. it's too late to oh, change shit. the name. We've committed to brunch. But yes, we're going to answer some questions, and then afterward, my God, we have <laughs> created an abomination of a food <laughs> challenge. Please stick around. Let's dive in. So I think let's start off by talking a little bit about the overall through line of the season. So, Fab, can you tell us a little bit about how you came up with ORCS? Uh, Orcs has literally been something that's been rattling around in my brain for like five years, maybe. Oh, wow. wow. It wasn't like a helpful five years of thought. It was more just <laughs> like, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, and the, the cool thing that I want to do has to have some kind of like initialism. And I was like, oh, it could be orcs. O-R-C-S. That's, that's so few letters. I'll just do that. And then I have to figure out what it means. So oddity research and containment specialists. No one in their right mind is going to get oddity. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was organization for like a literal year. Everyone always does. Well, and that worked well because then we could do ghosts and cryptids and dolls and <laughs> other things. <laughs> and like a lot of what would become like how orcs functions and stuff, we just made up collaboratively by the seat of our pants. Yeah. Because like naming characters after colors was like a, oh, that's funny. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, the colors are the different branches. And that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which really, I think, points to the entirety of how this show has formed where yes. one person has one idea and we bring it to each other and the individual idea expanding and becoming more complex and even I would say more fulfilling mm -hmm. through the input of the other three. To your point, Christine, I think we have all grown a lot as collaborators, as like storytellers and also as like players. And I'm curious, like, how have you all seen yourselves develop over the wild adventures we've had <laughs> well i had never played an rpg before which i've talked about um and so at first it was just you know learning how to do the thing mm. which is a little bit different than just acting because it's all improv and you're telling mm -hmm. a story but one of the biggest things I think I learned was how to pay attention to details and how to use your notes, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> especially with some of the stories that would take months for us to record um, because I can't keep all that in my brain. <laughs> yeah, similarly for me, I hadn't played any really, I don't think any RPG 
before doing this and also was not an actor in any <laughs> sense of the word. Uh, so learning how to do voices, which voices not to do because it'll destroy your throat yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, really, every step of this has been something new, something to grow in for me. But the captain was so good, Jacob. <laughs> and he hurt so much. <laughs> For me, I struggle a lot just normally with self-confidence and like shit like that. So like learning how to trust my own instinct was very uncomfortable, but I think mm. very beneficial. Yeah. I, huh, that's an interesting question. You didn't grow at all? You're exactly the same? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I know what I need to do to grow, um, but like, the, like that's what season one has kind of shown me, but I don't think I've done it yet so the best is yet to come people keep listening <laughs> so another question uh which is one that we're definitely stealing from a question that was brought up during planet arcana's arc one finale live stream um but it's a very phenomenal question so i couldn't resist asking it but is there anything surprising that anyone has learned about another player at the table while we've been making this podcast Ooh, that is very good. I, this is at you, Jacob. Like, I had always known that you are very quick witted. I was surprised at how many banger one liners you just come up with <laughs> all the time. Like, every episode, I die laughing. Thanks. I wish I could do it on purpose, but sometimes it just <laughs> spews out. That's called instinct. We love that. That's fair. I think anything that I learned about Marissa was like maybe surprising because we didn't know each other before we started yeah, doing this, really. <laughs> um, but even once I did get to know you, I was always so like, I don't know if maybe surprised isn't the right word, but just like very impressed with like the level of detail that you would keep, uh, particularly when you were DMing about just like tiny little details <laughs> that like would come up in really large and important ways later on. I felt like you were very good at the callback. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I think mine is for everyone. Ooh. And I am just like constantly blown away at like, huh, that's not a thought I would have had. <laughs> Did I think that this was going to lead to that kind of situation? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> to that point, Christine, you would come up with the coolest shit. Yeah. <laughs> like in the finale, I think you were the one who were like, I have a fork and Jacob has a gun, so let's just shoot him. Like, it's all you're like so clever and always made sense for the situation and for the characters you were playing. And then one more, sorry, but Fab, you have DM'd for me, like in some capacity for like, years like the yeah. two of us met playing D D because we're fucking nerds and <laughs> it was really surprising to see you foray into horror and like stretching your comfort zone of like the stories you wanted to tell thank you i i guess i'm always like i don't know i'm always seeing the stuff that i'm like oh, i would have done that different oh why'd i do that oh beans so i appreciate <laughs> you saying that um i it's weird, like, listening back to them, I don't find the ones that I DM scary. I find the ones that you've DM'd, Marissa, to be, like, those get me. Really? Uh, like, there were moments, yes. when, there were moments yes. when we were recording Spectrophobia where I was like, oh, I'm actually afraid and I'm in my living room right oh, now. thank you. 
<laughs> I definitely was surprised just with the whole shadow, the entire shadow, everything. Yes, Jacob. That was the goal with that one. <laughs> I've known you since <laughs> high school. And I guess I just didn't know you well enough because <laughs> that entire, that entire everything about that was, I never saw that coming. <laughs> and I am still surprised every time Shadow comes up, whether we visit your home, I'm surprised that you don't bring her to more social gatherings. Like, it is just perpetually hell <laughs> the times you've been the most scared of shadow have been the times like i brought her back in the same bag as last time we hung out because she's just still in the same bag and you're like lose your mind and i'm like oh, no. you didn't see this coming it's literally still in the same bag <laughs> but anyway what's our next question what did each story teach us? So maybe let's go through, remind everyone the names of each story and what they mean, and then a little bit about what we learned while doing it. Because definitely season one was a learn-as-we-go yes. process. <laughs> 100%. The first story was Tapophobia that I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing correctly, <laughs> which was the fear of being buried alive. And I think that was just like podcasting 101, like how do we record it, all of the back end stuff that isn't super interesting to talk about and figuring out what our table was like and just like mm -hmm. building the, the foundation of trusting each other as players, as collaborators. Yes. Yeah. The first episode for me was like, oh, we can do this. Great. We have work to do, but like this mm -hmm. is a viable project. And also for me a little bit, not to belabor the first one, but like getting used to putting a thing that we create in the world, mm -hmm. which was very mm -hmm. vulnerable, but also very rewarding. So do you remember when we first got 100 downloads and we were like, oh, my God, oh my I gosh, cried. People <laughs> I think we went out to celebrate. That was great. We did. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Uh, the second story, that was mine. That was, oh, God. That was the money one. That was. I don't think of them by their long fear names. <laughs> I think of them as like the first one is the maze one. The second oh, one is the the spooky house, and then we have the zoo, and then we have Water World, Sea World. <laughs> that one. Uh, then it's the spooky house again, but this house is worse. And then we got the suburbs and then it's the cold zone and that's it. It's, you don't have to, what I'm saying, dear listener is if you don't remember the long fear names of each story, it's okay. I don't either. And it's fine. Yeah. I think that's on our list of things we've learned yeah. is uh, to have a better naming yes. convention for our episodes. Yeah. Just a little Absolutely. bit. Um, but yeah, the second one, the spooky house, uh, I, I learned, oh God, man, keep it interesting. Don't, <laughs> don't do boring stuff. Don't wait for people to say hyper specific bullshit that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a salad in front of you. Do you eat it? Do you, <laughs> what do you open do? The paper? <laughs> Describe to me everything that you say. Yeah, speaking of that, I think chromatophobia is the one where you described a kitchen and it was way too long and I made you go <laughs> yeah. back and do it and then it was longer yeah. and then in editing, we cut out the entire kitchen yeah. scene. It was just like, we don't need any of this at all. On to that, Christine, what did you learn from Kalamazoo? 
Yeah, so Kalamazoo, which is also titled Ornithophobia, the Fear of Birds. Caw. I See, have... I forgot that. <laughs> I could not think of that to save my life. I was like, what is that called? <laughs> I Okay, so I learned so much from running that one to the point that now I'm in that weird space of like, I understand that that was my first time ever and you can't like hold past versions of yourself to higher standards because you didn't know what you were doing. Mm -hmm. But oh my gosh, I would run (laughs) Kalamazoo so differently now. I think I've learned a lot about like what Fab was saying, flow and pacing for story and even just like how I'm writing it um, because I had a really fun concept and storyline in my head that typically when I'm the only person writing, I can stick to that storyline. Mm-hmm. But when you bring in players, inherently, they're going to change the story. So you need to be ready to flex. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the pitfalls from ornithophobia just come from my inability to have that flex or trying to have it really on the fly rather than preparing for it. In particular, actually, and you know, we talked about this uh, after we played some of Kalamazoo, and it's so clear to me that I was just like panicking and didn't know what to do. But there's a moment <laughs> when everyone's trying to escape from the tunnel, and the orcs guards like pull guns yes. on the players. Yeah. Um, but once we played through that later on, like in the days following, I emotionally was like, "Holy shit." I know it was fictional, but I just shot at my best friends. <laughs> and I didn't realize that that would be difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I came to everyone and said, you know, hey, here's where I'm at with this. Like, I apologize if I crossed a line at all, like, because I didn't even think about how that could be triggering for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, you all were totally okay with it. And it was mm-hmm. more of me coming to understand that that might be a difficult topic for me to play with. Right. Yeah. But it also opened up a larger discussion that we have and are continuing to have and continuing to figure out that balance for our table about safety while playing, mm-hmm. um, particularly yeah. because we are playing horror. Like we've talked about, like, what are some tropes that are like, do not touch this, don't mm-hmm. go there kind of things. And yeah. um, with everything, it's always good to have those like – boundaries because then you can play more freely Mm -hmm. within them rather than Mm -hmm. trying to feel around and figure out where they are and potentially like touch on something that uh, isn't going to be a good time for somebody. Yes, absolutely. And I think that was the greatest thing that like the biggest thing that came out of Kalamazoo was like we actually hadn't had a conversation of like safety tools and stuff prior to that, which might sound crazy because we'd already done two full uh, stories and it was like Oh shoot! Yeah, we need to do that. Let's. Uh... We just jumped right into the deep end. Like <laughs> we we yeah. we dove in. Yeah, yeah there we go. To our, our deep sea story, thalassophobia. Thalassophobia. <laughs> yeah, riding the wave of weird names. Oh, I guess I ran that one, so I do the thing. Um, <laughs> what did I learn? Uh, let omega spears happen. I didn't learn yes! that. I knew that omega spears were good. Yeah, this was also one we did a lot of work setting up our characters and our relationship Mm -hmm. together, which was something I think we learned we like doing when we Mm -hmm. can. Um, It just makes characters easier to to get into and having that kind of pre-established relationships helps keep things moving. Yeah, I know there's one episode in Deep Sea where we all just got really into the psyche of our characters. And I think it's even it made it into the final episode about how we take a minute. We're like, whoa, 
that was a lot of emotions that we just got into, yeah. but allowing allowing <laughs> yeah. that space and allowing ourselves to go there, like it really helps you care more about your character. And so the stakes are higher and the scary things land mm-hmm. harder. And so it all compounds and yeah. makes it better. And then we won a bunch of awards Yee! for that story. Yeah. Thanks, WebFest. Yeah, but to name the awards, if you're curious, yes. we won best actual play podcast at both the minnesota web festival and the miami web festival uh and i got to attend uh both which was a great experience uh hi anybody i met if you're listening it's good to meet you (laughs) thanks for for making a good time also (laughs) yes a giant there's a very big pretzel in minnesota and i love it a lot Um, but I think that brings us to spectrophobia, where I learned not to be so neurotic as a TM. Spectrophobia meaning, what was that one again? <laughs> fear of m- mirrors? Wasn't it just fear of ghosts? Specters? No, that's phasmophobia. <laughs> All right. See, hey, dear listener. I- is- isotrophobia is the intense fear of mirrors spectrophobia is the fear of the fear of mirrors or more specifically the fear of what is reflected in them that's so you know what i thought for so long <laughs> that it was the fear of ghosts because spect and it's spectral Listen. like i i thought it was the fear of ghosts this whole time <laughs> anyway what did y'all learn from spectrophobia uh, I learned that if you die early, sometimes <laughs> you get to come back as a beautiful phoenix that has been reincarnated by your ashes to be better than before, <laughs> which I liked. One of the biggest lessons that I learned during Spect um, was about like really staying in the moment as we're playing. Mm-hmm. Like I love the Meisner technique uh, for acting, which is like all about reacting to like what is immediately around you and like staying in that. We all played characters that were like stretches for all of us, and so like that mm-hmm. was a constant tension about being like caught up in your head about like what you're doing versus reacting very naturally but for your character um, yes in in the moment the other lesson also was fuck around and find out (laughs) (laughs) oh boy i mean and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like that was a a guiding principle for you when we were playing that one jacob (laughs) yeah i guess so i mean kind of like you said i was trying to play kind of outside of my comfort zone and be a character yeah who would do more stuff and not run away we got somewhere which was really lovely for me though because i think up until that episode when carrots introduced and sean decides to punch everything like everyone had been so like (laughs) not like timid but like i had thrown a lot at you as a dm and that finally felt like okay we have the reins back you know what i mean Mm. um which then like was great for where it ended and then moving on into the finale as well Mm -hmm. speaking of the finale (laughs) (laughs) phasmophobia which is also a kick-ass video game but um the fear of ghosts or phantoms, or specters, etc. But I think the finale truly was a finale in that it was the culmination of like everything that we had built upon with the addition of balancing what is good for us as players mm-hmm. as well as for the final edit, I think was important. Because like the whole idea of 
ghost Theo from Spect a little bit and to a larger extent Ava as Orchid mm-hmm. was really hard to play through. Oh my so gosh. Like, hey, maybe don't trick each other anymore. <laughs> You know, like we've talked a lot about it, like how dramatic irony is so hard to play Mm -hmm. through when you're making a show. Um, And I know, uh, like, I've heard other people who make RPG shows, like, talk about this same thing. Like, it's just a difficult thing to try and tackle. Um, And so I think that that conversation even is still ongoing for us as we're continuing to move forward to figure out, like, what are we good with? Like, what level of, like, deceit i guess Mm -hmm. like it will work because like yes we are making a show and also like we're playing with our friends and so like i Mm -hmm. i I would be lying to say that like there wasn't a time when we were playing through the finale that i was like what the hell like yeah (laughs) be like what i'm not in on this like how am i supposed to do this like and and like you know we've worked through that like so we're fine so it's like how do you make that reveal happen for your show while still making sure that everybody feels included in the collaboration and Mm -hmm. like on equal playing field yeah um and also like the finale was really fun because i threw every piece of my limited sound design heart (laughs) at the finale um (laughs) and it was just so much fun getting to do that and i i hope it sounds good (laughs) i hope people like it it sounds great yes it's been so cool watching you grow and learn and that's one of my favorite things about season one has just been watching you like pop off as a sound designer (laughs) Thank you. I really enjoyed, like, when you were working on it, uh, it was very fun because I'd go into the living room and you would just be sitting (laughs) with, like, your headphones in, listening to a part, like, again and again and just cackling to yourself. (laughs) Or you'd be like, oh, Fob, you got to listen to this. Doesn't it sound gross? And I'd be like, yeah, it does. Let's, yeah, let's go with that. That's a good sound right there. Let's do it. Yes. And I just want to thank profusely from the depths of my soul, Eli (laughs) Schneider and Grey Voice, who have been kind enough to write some music for us over the season, as well as all of the absolutely incredible royalty-free Creative Commons sound creators whose works we've used. Um, You can find links to all of them and all of their work on our website, but their stuff is freaking remarkable and the show definitely would not exist in the way that it does without them making these sounds and making their work available so much of the show is made in the edit Mm -hmm. and so much of the show is made in the details so these people are all facilitating that and we're very grateful Yeah. yeah thank you so much and thank you, listeners, for sending us your <laughs> questions. I was so delighted yes! every time they came in. We got so many. So, yeah, so we're going to move on to some questions that you've submitted to us. Who wants to ask the first one? I'll hit it. Uh, <laughs> this comes to us from Anne. Uh, inspect, how did Lewis know that the camera flashes slash bright light would work on H219? And I think this is a question for Marissa. Um, Claudia and Lewis had the bottom apartments, right? And the oddity got out in the basement. So it was just like working its way up, getting victims. So like it got Marty first from Claudia's apartment, then got Claudia, then was harassing Lewis. Um, so he had been experiencing weird shit and like had a camera. So whenever he like felt something, he would like try to take a picture of it. 
and mm. it would scare it. That's why he had a bunch of random pictures in the dark room with Tess. Oh. Um, some of them were Shadow. A lot of them were H219. And then when Tess came home, the oddity switched gears because it's like, oh, fresh blood. Excellent. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Lewis knew kind of what was going on-ish. There was just never a moment for him to, like, explain that. And frankly, the other stuff that we were doing was more interesting anyway. So did I mess that up by putting him to sleep for eight hours? Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay. Okay. Also in uh, spec, we got this one from a couple people, but first asked by our friend Kristen, the church door puzzle in that story that uh, <laughs> Mothy conveniently just circumvented by rolling a five. Uh, Marissa, what oh was that God. supposed to be? <laughs> um, I didn't know how you guys would tackle it but if you couldn't get that door open and you tried to climb through a window shadow would have been more aggressive from the start and so like whoever went in first the window would have essentially like gotten reboarded up and so they would be trapped in the church and oh. everyone else would be outside and i had an idea of setting a real life timer of like you all have five minutes figure it out kind of thing <laughs> that's cool i don't know that that would have worked necessarily and i i really like how the the shadow scene ended up anyway but it was just <laughs> like so like fucking of course you rolled a five like uh <laughs> <laughs> This next one is about the finale from our friend Justin. Hi, Justin. Um, what would have happened if we took old knuckle bones with us? <laughs> like, would he have, like, oh. would he have reacted to Orchid? Like, would Orchid not have been Melanie? Like, what, like, would they have recognized each other as, like, you're a ghost, you're a ghost? And it was like the Spider Man meme. <laughs> uh, I think they would have just worked together to get out. Like, they both oh, just wanted no. to leave. I don't know. You would have gotten more information information about the base and stuff mm. because old knuckle bones has been here and like mm. he like knows the base so you would have gotten like some more stuff about that and i was planning on using him as kind of like a lore delivery system but that didn't work which means i didn't have to uh come up with the lore so that you know <laughs> that's great so this one is from marty have any more potentially haunted objects been procured by the cast and were any used as inspiration? No. We've had a few close calls. Some questionable purchases. Not necessarily haunted, but still questionable. Potentially haunted? You don't know oh, they're not haunted. That's fair. Marty, there have been a hundred tiny plastic babies that were purchased <laughs> and dropped on our doorstep. And then I went out of town and Fab and Marissa were feeding my cats and, I, and Jacob was on tour and I texted Marissa and said, we should go break into Jacob's house while he's gone and hide the babies all around the house. And she said, ha ha, yeah, that would be so funny. And then I came back from Tennessee and there were small babies hidden all around my house <laughs> and i have never felt more betrayed <laughs> sorry christine it's like you gave us a really good idea or something it was also yeah. because we had like 200 of them i'm like we can't save all of these for jacob <laughs> but now we do enjoy just leaving small plastic babies at various restaurants around oh, the yes. area um putting them in each other's drinks um you know <laughs> They just show up. It's it's a sign of love. Tiny babies are my love language. 
This question is about the season as a whole, and it comes from our friend Karen. She says, I would like to request a yearbook of sorts for the characters we've met this season. Perhaps a graduation-style slideshow set to I Will Remember You by Sarah McLaughlin. Seems like a great opportunity for some superlatives, too. Incredible. Karen, that's not a question, and that's a demand, and therefore invalidated from no, this portion of it. the no, podcast. No, we will, we, we will meet this demand. I have taken the liberty of Googling a few superlatives. So, best dressed... Grace Juilliard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, biggest flirt gotta be Captain Eugene Penn, right? Like, <laughs> hands down. Come up to my room. We'll have a drink. Biggest gossip. Also, Grace Juilliard, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, f- I feel like Amy would be like a pretty. Oh, like, you she know, honestly, right. yeah, it's Amy. It's a hundred percent Amy. Best shoulder to cry on. That would be Carrot. He doesn't know why you're crying, but he's going to be there and he's going to offer you a hot take. I feel like Henry would be a really good shoulder to cry. Oh, Henry would actually, yeah. Yeah. Henry would sympathetic cry with you. Class clown. Shadow. Ah. Yes. Most likely to succeed. 100% Marigold. Or Mavis Dearson. Oh, yeah? They can tie. Oh, oh, who was... Jacob, what was your character in uh, Chromatophobia called? Uh, oh, Abbott. 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 Abbott was very successful. Yes. I mean, he was, and then he was. <laughs> Most likely to win the lottery and lose the ticket. That one's Abbott. Oh! I, oh. oh! That's tragic. Huh. Oh, no. Because he did. Like, he literally did. Oh, my God, I didn't think that's about that. That's kind of basically what happened to him. Yeah, that's his life story. Um, most likely to succumb to the Eldritch Call of Cthulhu. Carrot. <laughs> I mean, Orchid. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah, yeah, he already did that, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, best couple. <laughs> there are oh, no gosh. couples. Caragold. I do not hey, consent Caragold! to this. <laughs> yes, it's Caragold. If other people wish to have their own headcanons, they can. But I for do. me, it's not a thing. <laughs> Uh, okay, our next question is from Rose. Um, what was each of your favorite storylines, characters, and like supernatural beings? Ooh, um, Spect for me, hundred really? percent. I really loved Spect. I thought it was like legitimately really special and cool. Um, I think my favorite character to play is either it's a tie between Carrot and yes. uh, Charlie. Charlie. I liked being aggressively positive. <laughs> That was like that was very fun for me. Uh, my favorite story to play, I think, was probably Deep Sea. My favorite player character, I th- I think, is is either Henry or Ava because they were both like caricatures of aspects of myself. Favorite NPC to play, probably Lewis. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah, Lewis was delightful. <laughs> oh, and my favorite, my favorite supernatural entity. Probably Orchid, <laughs> honestly. He's, he was really cool. Also a character you got to play. That's true. Yeah, technically, actually. <laughs> yeah. I hated that part. <laughs> <laughs> Christine? Um, Deep Sea was definitely the most fun to play. I've said it before, but it felt like capturing lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like even the process of like coming up with the promo for it was, was really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm really torn. I'm really torn between if... Billy or Hannes was my favorite oh, yeah. character Ooh. because like they just 
both like mean so much to me like on a very deep level mm-hmm. it's funny because they both like in a way had a sidekick <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i just like that uh type of character dynamic and my favorite supernatural entity was patrice but in reality yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's good but i also really have a soft spot for um the mom and son ghosts in Tapophobia. Oh, really? Like, I just, I felt like that was, like, such an interesting story and, like, the way that you described them and, like, peppered them through and, like, I, I really, I, it was very simple but well done and so I liked them a lot, too. For me, I think my favorite character to play was probably Abbott. Yes! Um, I yeah. love it. was so good. He was a lot of fun and, I don't know, I got to a place where I felt confident in that character and what he would do the money's on uh, the line <laughs> that was maybe my favorite one-liner um story i think also deep sea for all the reasons we've all already said yeah supernatural entity is probably shadow just <laughs> for all the joy that one little doll has brought me uh in ways i've gotten to torture my friends in in ways I think they're mostly enjoyed. Um, she's laughing now, so I, I'm going to take that as a good sign. At this point, it's really just like a one-on-one Jacob bullying Marissa. Like, <laughs> a yes, bit. but we've had the conversation. I'm, I'm like, if it's really a problem, you tell me. And she hasn't oh, told yeah. me, so it, it's it's a fun bullying, right? Right? You're enjoying it, right? I am. Next question. This is from our friend Alicia. Um, what classic horror movie trope best describes you? <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. I feel like I would be the conspiracy nut who's like, oh my God, something's happening. And everyone's like, nah, 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 nah. And then I die and I'm proven right. <laughs> I'm not in real life, but I feel like the the laid back stoner is maybe... Just go with the flow. It's whatever. Oh, we're dying now? <laughs> Shit, man. That's real bummer. Real? Let's try to not do that. I don't know. I don't like horror movies. <laughs> Which is wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. Jacob, I feel like you would be like Last Man Standing, like Soul Survivor situation. Why? Because you are in the season one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would be the gremlin. Don't get me wet and don't feed me after midnight. <laughs> Ooh. Incredible. If anyone would like to feed me after midnight, I will take it. <laughs> this is from Rico. Um, what are our goals for 2023? Season two, probably. Yeah. Ooh. I mean. So, so season two is in the works. It will be a hot minute before it is ready i think our main goal for season two is like to keep the momentum going to keep bringing the heat we have a really good idea of how to do what we're doing and also a ton of ideas for how to continue growing Mm -hmm. so that's that's where that's what we're aiming for and we're very excited about it. Very yes. excited. We're very, I'm oh, we're very excited about that. But also in the feed, you can expect some collaborations. <laughs> but yeah, so there will be in between episodes. We we may be bringing in some guests. And speaking of guests, Ooh. for our next segment, oh. um, we have two guests who will be joining us for Christine's 
chopped cursed kitchen <laughs> what do we call it smackdown something i think was in there <laughs> we recorded it a while ago but the our, our past selves <laughs> will tell you all about it shall we go to the kitchen star wipe Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Welcome, one and all. Let's get ready to rumble, folks. This is the Dread and Breakfast Brunch Smackeroonie. In one corner, <laughs> we have cursed person who owns a meat slicer, Jacob. In the other corner, we have... I didn't want to insult her, Marissa. <laughs> In the last corner, we have the Carnival King of Chaos. It's it's me. Hi, everyone. It's Fob. What's up? And presiding over today's proceedings, it's yours truly, the mastermind behind the curses herself, Christine. <laughs> the Kitchen Queen, Christine. And also joining us, we oh. have friend of the show, Maggie. Hello. <laughs> As well as our wonderful, definitely intern who we have employed this entire time. 100%. Lennon! Me, 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 me. <laughs> now, the fun thing is that neither of you knew what you were getting into today. We just told you to show up. Are you having any regrets yet? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I could be napping now. But instead, you get free food, so this will go well. Food is in quotations, though, so I... I can guarantee at least some of it technically qualifies as food. Speaking of which, let's talk about our criteria for today's SmackDown. Every dish that we have today will be scored on a scale from one to five, one being the worst, five being the best, on five different criteria. The first criteria is appearance. How beautiful is it? Our second criteria is ingenuity and creativity, which refers to how well our chefs today have incorporated the secret ingredient. Chickpeas. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> criteria number three is edibility. How well can we eat this? <laughs> I feel like that's up to you how well you can eat it. All, that's, that's not all a me of this. Problem. No, no, this is all subjective. Okay. So th- <laughs> this is an interesting criteria because i have certain allergies friend of the show maggie is a vegetarian manan do you have any i'm picky manan is picky (laughs) (laughs) so edibility may change depending on the judge criteria number four relation to the story we are a podcast after all and we did sleep (laughs) over our first season so how well does your dish relate to one of the stories in season one of dread and breakfast and the final criteria general chaos so who will be our first chef this afternoon i'm told it has to be me it's <laughs> yeah, some sort of musical transition. Oh, we're waiting for Jacob. Does anyone want to say anything funny? 
Maggie, do you want to tell a story, share a reflection, a haiku perhaps? I don't know how to form a haiku. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. That's asking too much. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that energy. Yeah, what about that. a nice couplet? A couplet? That's harder, I feel I like. I was homeschooled. <laughs> so Maggie, would you... Okay, wait, all right, wait, hang on. Maggie. Yes? An area of education in which you feel homeschooling failed you. <laughs> I didn't do math for a whole year. Oh, oh yeah, Wait, Are you allowed to admit to that on this? A very official podcast. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree now, so I feel like I can. Yeah, that's fair. They're going to make you go back. <laughs> <laughs> go back to algebra half. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> He's Jacob. Bri- Jacob's bribing us with booze. Oh! Someone brought me a nice coupe of something, and I don't know what it is. Oh, is this Ooh. blood? Ooh. Ooh. I'm excited to share. This looks beautiful. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really mad. I want to win. Fuck you. <laughs> <gasps> There's one. Our first contender steps up to the plate. Dun dun. Tell us a little bit about what you have just placed in front of us. Of course. Uh, First, I'd like you to travel back with me, back in time, (laughs) to a story we once did called Spectrophobia. No! (laughs) Where is it? (laughs) Jacob, did you bake the doll into the cookies? You would love to know, wouldn't you? Yes! Please continue. Okay, so if we travel back in time to this story of spectrophobia, and we proceed to slightly after that in some possibly non-canonical speculative fiction, at the end of that story, our friend Tess was um, not back yet, was uh, (laughs) missing, was gone, was still somewhere, and maybe going to come back. This is our... uh, probable feast that our dear friends have um, prepared to welcome her back. Uh, and for some reason, after that ordeal, they all became obsessed with chickpeas. So this is this is the coming home party part two for Tess? Yeah, this is like uh, some nice party food. So you've got, you know, some uh, hummus and veggies to snack on, some okay. delectable finger sandwiches, some cookies, and a nice signature cocktail. So, so um, dig in. <laughs> well, before we do, we have a couple of things to dip into this hummus. We've yes. got a few vegetables, some pretzels. The good pretzels. on brand. Yay! What is this um what is this other thing here? It's a flatbread. Okay. It's a totally normal flatbread that I made normally okay. with normal ways and means and ingredients. Cool. And what is inside this uh, sandwich that we have here? Uh well one of them is a vegetarian option with a nice uh, chickpea salad. Uh and the other is uh sous vide roast beef that Ooh. is very good roast beef and uh both have a nice uh, horseradish sauce. And tell us about this cocktail that you have crafted. It's delicious. And drink it and don't think too hard about it. It's fun. And what about these cookies here? Uh, They're cookies. Just regular, normal cookies for people to eat. I love it. Just dig in and give me your thoughts and I can answer questions, you know, after you eat it. I love this cocktail, unironically. I do think there's chickpea syrup in it. Is the foam from aquafaba? That's it. That's what I, okay, that's what I thought. 
it's basically a sour, but with an aquafaba instead of eggs. Um, I was going to call this cocktail the Kiss of Shadow. Ah! Um, oh! <laughs> yeah, yep, that's what it's called. And it was, it was originally going to be much more complicated and involve horseradish, among Ooh. other things. Uh, it was going to be based loosely off of a cocktail called the Russian Kiss, so the Kiss of Shadow. Delightful. That, but I, I couldn't make it work, so now it's pretty much just a sour with a fancy nice cherry i really like this cocktail it's, it's very yeah, good it's delicious. really good it's very light good. and i'm gonna steal more of the one that fob and i are sharing i'm sorry fob that's okay how's that flatbread maggie <laughs> <laughs> it's very tough would it surprise you if i told you it was chickpea flour oh fancy hummus is delicious it is nice it's well balanced Thank it's you. very like nice hummus. hummus what have i told you those chickpeas were chickpeas what marissa can you tell me where in that roast beef sandwich the chickpeas were my imagination (laughs) in the horseradish sauce also some aquafava in a mayonnaise like thing that's not mayonnaise so maggie can still eat it Uh, um i will say can confirm i do not like horseradish yeah it's a it's a it's a specific taste what about that cookie um the appearance level is definitely down. It kind of looks, mm, I want to say like a cow pie, but they ate a lot of peanuts. Does that cookie feel familiar to you at all? I feel like it should. That's a That's, horrifying way of yeah. saying that, Jacob. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So imagine if it had chocolate chips instead of peanut butter chips. Is it those get your child to eat veggies chocolate chip cookie recipe yes it's the gaslight your child and eating vegetables what recipe <laughs> what i always secretly loved those cookies they were not bad cookies they, they, they cookies. did a good job at gaslighting our mom went through this phase where it was like trick your children into eating vegetables by sneaking them into cookies and stuff are you mm. siblings yeah. yes <laughs> what the hell but anyway these cookies <laughs> I'm just blown These away. These cookies are basically like a can of chickpeas, some maple syrup, and a blender. There's no flour or nothing in them. Really? Uh, there's some baking powder or something like that, and some peanut butter. These are actually really good. They're yeah. really good. They're very good. An excellent entry into our SmackDown. What did we call it? <laughs> the Brunch Round Table Rumble. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Okay. Fabrice, tis your turn to enter the gauntlet. Bring us your dish. (laughs) (laughs) Fabrice! Wow. Fabrice, get out of here <laughs> with your fanciness. Get out. Whoa, there's another one. Oh, no. Oh, oh we're fine. I can already see something that I am nervous about. Hello, friends, and welcome to my portion. I have, for your consideration, croissants. Ooh. Is that all we get? So you might be wondering, which story does uh, croissants relate to? I am curious. And uh, my answer is, of course, all of them. Oh? Uh, <laughs> ORCS, clearly uh, a French organization. Uh, okay. it's, they, are, they are such a French organization that I'm not going to talk down to you, the listener, by explaining how they are a French organization, okay. because I know that you already understand. Yes, Marissa. Where the fuck are the chickpeas, though? <laughs> 
true. Now, that is a great uh, question. So I did not make for you all plain, boring croissants. No, no. That would be okay, too... Um... That would be too easy. <laughs> you Only... can't malign the croissant like that, okay? We... we... Uh, so I, of course, filled my croissants with a probably chickpea-like substance. So uh, if you what guys could all enjoy, it, uh, just just enjoy, enjoy a croissant. I'm concerned because one of these, I can see a brightly colored something or other sticking uh-huh. out of it. Well, uh, one of the I, I would like to remind you, Christine, that uh, what is the what is the last uh, category in our uh, thing? General chaos. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm just reminding you of that. Okay, excellent. Please enjoy your well, croissant from Fob. Are they all the same? Uh, no, they're but they are all uh vegetarian friendly, Maggie. Thank you. All right. What about vegan friendly? Uh, they are not vegan friendly. They. I are just became a vegan. Oh I well, can't oh, me are, too. Yeah. They are of Shoot course croissants. <laughs> Wait, Manon, this would be a delightful ASMR. Oh, oh yes, this is a good crinkle tinkle. It's a little bird. <laughs> oh. oh. Option one of the croissant is hummus, which is pretty good. I think I like Jacob's hummus more, but the croissant does slap. Yeah, the croissant with the hummus absolutely slaps. Really great. Thank you. The other croissant. I'm going to try it. No, tell, tell him after the bite. I'll paint you a word picture. Close your eyes. <laughs> From the outside, it is very croissant-like in shape, color, and texture. But on the inside... There is a gooey, gummy substance with brightly colored chunks. Would you call it gelatinous? I would say gelatinous. Ah. Very Sour Patch Kids in (laughs) shape. If you were to melt a Sour Patch (laughs) child, a whole bushel of them, (laughs) and to place it inside of a croissant. Well, take a a bite and let the listener know how it tastes. (laughs) No. (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) My... Front teeth just bit down into hot, gelatinous, Sour Patch Kid form. I think that's the most horrifying thing that our podcast has experienced yet. I have grown up with Fabrice, I would say, my whole life. You two are related? Yeah. Can't you tell? I mean, mean, sometimes. (laughs) Uh, This is the worst thing you've ever done. I'm telling on you. (laughs) Good. Uh, Jacob, do you want? I was just going to ask if Shadow was maybe more traumatic and horrifying. I don't know. What if Shadow was back? See, that doesn't work on me anymore. I've overcome my fear of Shadow. But somebody else hasn't. (laughs) Oh, Manan. Oh, it's so bad. (laughs) Oh, it's not good at all. I think the other judges should sample a little bit of the Sour Patch Kids croissant. I was about to say that. Is there another one? Oh, I made several. I thought I was good. I oh, thought oh, I wanted you. I all, don't want it. I wanted oh, you all you to have a chance that you might just get one of the sour patch ones at the start. And oh, you might I just, just got a lemon. I just got a lemon one. You oh. know, you, you'd think that that would would be good. Yeah, you'd think. You'd don't. really think. Bob, you can never go to France now. Yeah. Uh, Maggie looks so afraid. Um, the secret actual episode of the podcast that i'm referencing is of course spectrophobia why um, how because how? There, because there are children and they are being eaten by you <laughs> my friends now were there children in spectrophobia uh i like to think of theo tess <laughs> they were they were kids and they got eaten by a ghost 
All right. I'm trying to eat this. Maggie, would you like to share your experience? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I was blindfolded and I got that bite and you ignore the oh. texture, <laughs> mine was full of lemon, children. So... out of it you may be able to get a whisper of maybe it's lemon curd <laughs> yes, yes maybe it's lemon Chunky but lemon. then it's not <laughs> i i'm i'm curious because i haven't had one of these one of this batch have do, can you taste the sour one of no, this batch i cannot taste the <laughs> yeah sour. i yeah i can't <sighs> okay i workshopped this recipe for all of you i want you to know that this was not my first iteration of oh, the sour I feel patch loved. kid croissant in my testing in, in, in the mad kitchen science that is uh my life i found that the sour element in the sour patch kids kind of just bakes into the croissant and like goes away it does. so you mostly just get the sweet and then gone i got nature. the sour oh did yeah, you i think there was like a clump it was oh good oh, oh. you guys didn't get that no, no. Are you serious i didn't get that that's probably because for yours i think the one that you took specifically i put the most sour patch kids in one area ah. and just kind of crushed them together i knew this was what he was doing i saw him do this <laughs> and he was like he watched me watch him do this and then he was like oh oh you can't be in here and I was like, but I'm hungry, so there's going to be food. And there is. This- and then Jacob brought out <laughs> Sour Batch marshmallows <laughs> like it was sustenance. The marshmallows were just a fun pre-record snack slash chaos experiment. And a moose-bouche, if you will. So where is the chickpea in the Sour Patch Delight? Oh, it, the Sour Patch one, it, there is no chickpea. That is just for the Carnival of Chaos that is me. I could lie to you and say that I put aquafaba in the uh, croissant. <laughs> I could do that. I'm not going to, though. Did you name this? Jacob named his cocktail. What do you name the Sour Patch Ooh. monstrosity? I named that the Edible Children Croissant. You're welcome. That was your one chance to link it to the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. That's actually... That's that's uh, H001. That is the first human. <laughs> and you're welcome. Thank you, Fabrice, for your entry into this round of our competition, which is referred to as... Uh... The D&B Breakfast Brunch Extrava Itza. Oh, that was a strong one. Thank you. Marissa, please enter the kitchen to prepare your creation. (laughs) I don't think that I am the same. I think that there was a before and there is an after. For your life or just for... Yeah. Oh, yes. Are you okay? What just happened? She found Shadow. You're not supposed to look in the secret bag. did you bring shadow oh for that exact reason oh oh my god are we ready i'm ready are you all ready ready. (laughs) (laughs) all right marissa bring it in round three whoa is that a macaron i'm concerned is that how you say that what is happening so what (laughs) what (laughs) 
What we have today <laughs> is my attempt at an aquafaba macaron. Oh my oh, gosh. So our kitchen scale broke. And with oh. macarons, they're very finicky. Yeah. So you really want to weigh the ingredients. And I suddenly could not do that. So the texture is bad. But aquafaba meringue was really cool to make, though. So I'm really concerned because these fillings... Um, oh, would you love to know what the fillings they are? They do vary. And one of them looks like it might be tuna. You are correct. Okay. I wanted to hit every story. So we have six different flavors for six stories of our podcast. So the furthest to the right oh is filled gosh. with edible cookie dough because <gasps> Beverly made cookies yes! um, that fell on the ground. The second one, of which I did only make two because I don't expect more than two people to want it. <laughs> is it the salad? Yes. It is um, Carson's really bad salad, which is just fucking lettuce between macaron shells. Oh, excellent. Um, the third one <laughs> is... Oh, it's, um, the it's the zoo. It's bird seed, which <laughs> uh, my interpretation was cream cheese with everything bagel seasoning. Ooh. Um, and a little bit of walnuts for that bird seed texture. Yeah. For deep sea, we have tuna salad with fresh dill. For spectrophobia, those are just two mini donuts for Amy's oh. car donuts. Oh, my um, god! And the last one is a dark uh, hot cocoa ganache. Oh. Um, I will request that every flavor, at least one of them, must be consumed. I don't care by who. What was the lettuce one again? Just lettuce. Oh. <laughs> All right. I want to try this cookie lettuce. dough. Uh, this is like cookie-ception here. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the worst thing I've ever had? No. Was the I'll worst thing that. you ever had about mm, five minutes it was ago? Like, yeah, about five or ten <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say the cookie dough one was good, but it was just mainly cookie dough. Um, cream cheese and everything bagel does overtake the macaron, <laughs> so it doesn't taste bad. If you were a lost bird, would that entice you to to come home? I think it would. <laughs> oh, am I up? You're up. Well, we've arrived at the deep sea episode, so I guess I'll eat the tuna macaron. Which is not a sentence I ever thought I'd say in my life. Isn't it a joy? You know, when Fob asked me one summer evening if I was interested <laughs> in doing a podcast with him. You didn't immediately think of Sour Patch Kid croissants and tuna macarons? <laughs> Funnily enough, no. Wild. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take the one that is less filled. That's good. That's a good decision that you made. Oh. oh, oh, oh no. The dill, oh God. <laughs> the dill. Now, Christine, was a Sour Patch Kid croissant the worst Shut thing the you ate up, today? In my defense, the tuna tasted good not on a macaron. Here's what happened. I sank my teeth into this cookie and it was like I bit into it and instantly like the cookie dissolved and all there was was fish. <laughs> oh, Marissa. <laughs> what have you done to me? I'm so sorry. Man, I thought I felt different after pickle cotton candy. I mean, I didn't think it would be that bad. I also didn't think it would be that bad. <laughs> so how is the donut, Macaul? It's um really sweet. I, the only like only two downsides. Are the height? I don't think I have that big of a mouth. <laughs> Physically, not metaphorically. In my head, it looked very funny, and I was correct, so I went it's, with it. <laughs> very funny. The second downside is the macaroon is sticky. 
But that could have just been avoided by me not holding it for five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd eat yeah. it again. And then it's just a hot chocolate ganache, which I promise is safe. That sounds very intimidating. It is literally just like heavy cream, <laughs> dark chocolate, and I, hot I chocolate. That's all it I is. I also I need to get the fish taste out of it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I waited for Maggie to take a bite before I said I put Sour Patch Kids in it. No, you didn't. <laughs> you did not. These are pure. Hot diggity shit. That's a baller cookie. Yes. <laughs> this one's delicious. Thank you. That's it. Yep. Well, thank you so much for sampling this accursed, cursed oh, yeah. platter. That's all I got. So you don't want to try the tuna one? No. I at least ate a Sour Patch Kid croissant. I ate their individual components earlier. Here's the thing, though. Every single breakfast, I also tasted the thing along with you. All right. All right. She's doing it. Yes. I have a serious question. Yeah. If I swallow a bite of it, will my edibility score increase? No. (laughs) Will any of my scores increase? I mean, your street cred. Your likability score will increase. Oh, Jesus, God. It's not worth it. I don't like it. You brought this thing into the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, she swallowed it? Yep. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she's wiping tears and away. She's oh, that was unpleasant. Bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and thus ends round three of the end of season tasting triathlon. Whoa. I feel like retribution has been served. I think we're back on an even playing field as far as our friendship and the things that we've done to each other. We start season two with a blank slate. We are born anew in season two. Yes, I agree. So Maggie looked concerned right there. Doing math. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, are we supposed to do a total? Oh, shoot. Everyone. I know I realized I had to total them up. Minon, don't you know? Maggie missed a year of math. Believe it or not, math and science, best subjects. According to what? (laughs) According to my college transcripts. (laughs) Valid. It is time for the scoring. So let's start with appearance. Jacob. Hello. You brought something pretty delightful and varied. I felt like um, a Jane Austen novel. I was having a picnic. I thought it was nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Can you tell we're related? (laughs) I gave you a five. When you put this coop in front of me, it was just so elegant and nice. And so, yes, I felt you it, deserved it was the vibe. worth stopping at the thrift store on the way to get the coops. Oh, so, very good. I was looking for haunted dishes, but instead I found very nice coops. Haunted <laughs> dishes. You have a problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I give you a five as well. Perfect right. scores. Perfect score I and appreciate appearance. it. Golf claps. Fabrice. Um, yes. <laughs> they looked like croissants. They were croissants. Cool. They were a little crispy. Overdone. Yeah. So I gave you a four. I gave you a four as well. I feel 4.5. Hell <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so that leaves Marissa for your appearance score. You really created a feast for the eyes of what in the world is that? Oh, what's that? Um, <laughs> I will say it was beautiful. 
but a little bit intimidating. <laughs> ah. You didn't know which ones were safe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if that doesn't capture the essence of the segment, <laughs> I don't know what does. <laughs> so I give you a five yes. on appearance. Give you a four just for the intimidation. Okay. <laughs> I, All right. I give you a five. <laughs> All right. Our next category, ingenuity slash creativity, which does take into account how well the chickpeas were incorporated into your dish. Jacob, I really appreciated how you had a variety of different ways that you incorporated the chickpeas. So I gave you a four. I feel like it could be higher, but okay. Thank you. (laughs) I gave you a five because you incorporated different elements. Yeah, actually, wait, no, I do want to change my... So multiple different... So I did give you a five. I'm being influenced. Took so many trips to stores to get different kinds of chickpeas. I felt as though... The chick, you had hummus, <laughs> and hummus is Among like- Among many, many other things, and the hummus was yeah, the decoy for the, the flatbread. You guys keep talking about the thing that was in glasses that starts agave, what is it called? Aquafava. Aqua- Is the juice from the can of the chickpea. See, <laughs> everyone kept throwing that word out there, like we all know what it means some of us didn't know what that oh, meant well, no. you could have asked i really could have but I... <laughs> yeah i gave you a three out of five so i thought i thought you know uh it was all stuff i was expecting i was, I was expecting hummus i was expecting p- pita bread flat bread sure oh shoot and heck i forgot about the cookies oh bro <laughs> That's like a four out of five now. You know what? Thank you. I really changed my mind. <laughs> Thank you, <there>. Marissa. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. So, Fabrice, for your ingenuity and creativity score, uh-huh. I felt like you could have done a little more. And even the thing that we talked the most about was uh-huh. not even uh-huh. the chickpea element. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I gave you a three. That's fair. I gave you a three as well mm-hmm. for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Jacob set the bar really high with the... So you're saying if I had gone first, it might have been better. <laughs> No, no, no. No. (laughs) Okay, well, that's unfortunate. Manon? Uh, See, I gave you a five. Yes. Fuck yeah. (laughs) You just made hummus. Don't you dare change that. You just made hummus. But me as a person, I like when my foods don't touch. (laughs) So if someone were to like put a croissant on my plate and then put a glob of hummus and they touched, I would no longer eat either food object. So to me, I was like, that's so creative because I would literally gag if I saw this in the wild, if somebody just like did this. <laughs> so okay. I, thought, I thought that was super, am I not? Am I? No. <laughs> am Can I, I remind not? you of when you did literally gag when you took a bite into the second croissant? <laughs> We're not about that. We're not. Yeah, we're not an element. That one did not have chickpeas in it, as far as we know. So. Which is part of the reason why I gave a lower score. I'll take the five. Keep your scores the same. You know what? That's, we don't have that's time. Pretty creative chickpea or no chickpea? <laughs> if somebody, I'll go back to the plate metaphor. If somebody were to put a plate, all right. So I gave you three a objects. So. <laughs> Marissa, your ingenuity and creativity. It was very smart of you to incorporate the aquafaba. I would not have known that it was chickpeas, so I felt like you brought that right in. I gave you a four in this category. That's fair. I gave you a four as well. Gave you a five. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that brings us to edibility. Jacob, 
I uh, nobody gagged at any of mine. That I'm this recalling. is true. Yes. No, I was pretty delighted by everything. And you also had every course, so I gave you a five. Thank you. Um, I give you a four. I didn't enjoy the sandwich. The horseradish. The horseradish. But I think that that was more personal. But <laughs> still reflects on your score. It's a subjective medium. Jacob, you shined where others did not. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. I gave you a five out of five. All right, Fabrice, let's Hello. talk about edibility. Uh-huh. So the thing is that this was tricky to score because mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. two aspects to your dish, mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. which was actually like pretty banging. Like, yeah. I greatly enjoyed the chickpea croissant. Great. I would like... I However... Would, I think you should fog away the other half from your mind. <laughs> oh, no. For this one If portion. anything, uh-huh. this is stained on my memory forever. Oh, that's good. I'm happy to leave an impression. I did not appreciate... <laughs> The texture of the, the sou- baked sour patch, and I am not even really that sensitive or a texture person, so that's saying something. <laughs> and for that, I gave you a three. Oh, okay. That's not even that bad. Thank you. I gave you a three, too, because chickpea croissant, delicious. Okay. Thank you. I would just like to read something really quick. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of edible is... <laughs> Fit or suitable to be eaten? In what world is molten melted? <laughs> Sour Patch Kid, fit or suitable to be eaten? I gave you a two out of five case closed. <laughs> you, you suck. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> All right, Marissa. This was also very tricky to score because you really ranged the gamut. You had the delightful cookie dough and hot cocoa versions, and then there was the tuna. And I know that you mentioned this in your description, but the macaron texture was a little off. So I did give you a two for edibility. A two. I fell further than the fucking molten children. <laughs> I was unable to eat a single bite. I hate to say it, but I gave you a two as well. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I have never been so happy. Fabrice is parading around my house. I'll let Jerry to fire. I don't need to win anymore. <laughs> Manon. I thought the cookies were pretty dope. Um, all of the ones that I ate <laughs> were totally fine. And you had the lettuce one. The lettuce one was really good. You should try it. Um, however, just the fact that you <laughs> you put tuna <laughs> in a cookie that is foul <laughs> that gave you a zero out of five. <laughs> I I can't even, I couldn't even look at it. This was for a bit. Like, (laughs) well, then let's move along uh, to relation to the story. Jacob, you used a non-canonical thread. So I, I gave you a two. Yeah, I understand. I gave you a three. It was the whole spread and I could see, you know. Friends hanging out, Friends having a good time, out. playing some board so games. So that's why I gave you a three. I <laughs> <laughs> did 
relate to this story? Sure, yeah. It did. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Thank I... you. <laughs> Christine. Yeah? It's my turn. Yeah, I gave you a one. Not a zero. So I'll take because that. it's a scale from one to five. And yep. we need some rules in this <laughs> world of chaos. I gave you two. Thank you. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Don't question it. Let's a move little on. bit of effort. That's Thank not the category. <laughs> the category is relation to the story of season one of Dread and Breakfast. Christine, Maggie has, of course, listened to every episode of season one. She understands why it's French. <laughs> Did it relate to the stories? Why not? <laughs> I've had a fun. There are Sour Patch Kids. You're a bunch of kids. <laughs> Manan, we might have to discuss the terms of your employment. <laughs> no, my job. <laughs> um, Marissa, you got all six stories in there. It was a five from me. Thank you. Five out of five. I wasn't feeling it. Okay, these are jokes. These are just jokes. But did it relate to the stories? Yeah. Five out of five. You gave them all five? (laughs) Participation. Good job, guys. Oh, my God. All right, and that brings us to the glorious final category of general chaos. Jacob, everything was... Pretty familiar. Like I could tell Can what I everything remind was. You of the cookies. No, I know. I understand this. Yep. I stand by what I have scored you, which is a three. Okay. Uh I give you a four. Wasn't as chaotic, but wasn't not chaotic. Yeah, it sounds like a three to me. That sounds like an average, which is like a three. That's dead in the center. I heard four. <laughs> We know that you can change your answer. Oh, no. We're running out of time. Manon. <laughs> so I gave you a zero out of five because oh. I, I wasn't scared. <laughs> Reese. Hello. Absolutely chaotic. Thank you. Uh, I gave you a four. Oh. I think he just broke his heart. Interesting. Aunt Maggie, moving on. I gave you a five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I counted it only as a five, but I gave you a 17 out of five because why are you like this? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Minon. All right, Marissa, there definitely were some incredibly chaotic elements to what you presented us, but there were also some delightful and shall I say safe options. <laughs> so I also gave you a four in the general chaos score. This is fair. I also gave you a five. I gave you a four because the lettuce one was really <laughs> It was good? Guys, try it. It was really good. And now it's time for the final scores of Dread and Breakfast Brunch Beatdown Exlapaganza of Chaos. All right. In third place, with 53.5 out of 75, Fabrice. Yeah. I expected this. I'm okay with that. We have an issue, though. Because Jacob and Marissa have tied with 59 points. We should have a competition. Who can fit the most Sour Patch marshmallows marshmallows in their mouth mouth. and hold them in the longest? (laughs) And you have to say Chubby Bunny. Just just, just for me, you have to say Chubby Bunny. What is happening? I have never seen these two be so ravenous. Marissa cannot fully close her mouth. Who can say Chubby Bunny? Marissa's going to do (laughs) this. 
Marissa is going to explode. Oh, I feel like those are very similar. I feel like Marissa's was a little more enunciated, but Jacob's had a little bit more feeling to it. Mm. So, so they're still tied. So they are still tied, and they did this just for my amusement. I can't believe they did it that fast. <laughs> Wait, like, yeah, they no just went for it. I know. You're you're allowed to spit it out. You taste so bad. You're allowed to spit them out. Why are you I so want to win? Well, dear listener, I suppose that it's up to you now to break this tie. So if you would like to recreate any of the dishes that you have heard about on this glorious brunch episode, you can find recipes on our website, dandbpod.com. We're on Twitter at Dread and BeFast and Instagram at DNBPod. Please send us pictures, ratings. You can rank them based on these categories because for now we are just going to go with this tie, I suppose. Manan, Maggie, thank you for joining us. We're sorry that you were not sure what you had signed up for, but we thank you for coming on our podcast. Gonna go see Sonic the Hedgehog now. Have fun. (laughs) Have fun. Hello, it's us from the future slash past again. Oh. The episode is over we now. We exist outside of time. We're recording this after we recorded the questions, but it's the future for us. Time is an illusion. Whoa. Anyway, thank you for listening. Sincerely, very much. Thank you. A lot. Yeah, holy shit. Thank you for listening to Dread and Breakfast Season 1. We're so appreciative of everyone who has listened to us, who has encouraged us as we've ventured on, and forth we shall go into Season 2. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, we love you, bye. We'll see you sometime soon. This season was brought to you by listeners like you. Aww. Hey, hello. Thanks again for joining us for brunch. We are hard at work getting season two ready for your ears, and oh boy, are we excited. In the meantime, keep an eye on the feed for some occasional one-shots and collaborations that will help tide you over. If you miss us before then, you can go say hi on our social media. We're on Instagram at dnbpod, on Twitter at dreadandbfast, or you can check out our website dnbpod.com. Thanks again to our special guests, Maggie and Manun. You can't find Maggie anywhere on the internet, but if you'd like to thank Manun for enduring our culinary gauntlet, you can check out her Etsy shop. It's called Little Good Boutique, where she designs some really cute handmade earrings, some needle felting work, and just a ton of really, really cool stuff. You definitely want to check it out. We'd also like to thank Eli Schneider, as always, for composing our theme song. All of our additional audio credits can be found on our website. We cannot wait to share our new adventures with you in season two. Thank you in advance for your patience, and thank you so much for supporting our little show. We love you, and we'll see you all dreadfully soon.